and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I am your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, you're in for a treat. I am talking to the Robert D. Smith. He is the manager for Andy Andrews, who is a comedian, author, does his own podcast over at the Andy Andrews Show with also friend Andy Traub, AA and AT as they call themselves on that show. Robert is also the author of 20,000 Days and Counting, which is an awesome, short but sweet, potent book about perspective, especially on life. And this is one of those ones where you can't help but be enthusiastic and inspired by this show by listening to this one. It's, It's just over a half hour. It's a lot of inspiration, a lot of perspective type asking questions, as well as some really specific action items. So I think we've got it all covered. Anyway, I'm going to get out of the way. But first, I do want to say this. I have three signed copies of Robert D.'s book. All you need to do to enter to get one of those is to go to beyondthetodolist.com slash 34, and there will be a tweet there that's embedded. All you need to do is retweet it. I will select winners after this show has been out for a week and notify the winners. This week, I hope you can catch the excitement as I talk to the Robert D. Smith. Welcome to the show. Eric, I am honored to be here. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. It's a, it's my honor and as they say at Chick-fil-A, it's my pleasure. <laughs> and don't you love Chick-fil-A? I do. We actually have one on the campus where I work, so – Oh, no way. (laughs) I have to tell you this. I'm a vegetarian, but I love the Chick-fil-A coleslaw. I love their waffle fries. Their brownies are outrageous. And the carrot raisin salad. Have you ever had any of that? I have had almost everything you just named off. Okay, good, good, good. (laughs) And I always try to have my dessert, too. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Yes. First. Yes. So – I Man, I remember hearing you on one of the other people I've interviewed on this show, Chris Licurdo. He used to be the host of Entree Leadership, the podcast. And when he got done interviewing you and I got done listening to that in my car, I pulled over and I felt like I wanted to jump out and run a marathon. The excitement <laughs> just was so ecstatic. So the book that you talked about with him, which I have read, 20,000 Days and Counting, you did not have a normal path to writing this. It's not something you even planned on doing. Can I you tried. share? Yeah, can you share a little bit about maybe the path to the creation of the book and what was the catalyst for this? Eric, it was the weirdest thing because I am in the publishing business. Have been doing this kind of work behind the scenes for over 20 years now. I've been Andy Andrews' manager. This is my, would you believe, 33rd year in doing just that. He's been my only client. I've got a team of nearly a dozen people that put in over 600 man hours a week just on this one guy. That's why I sound so exhausted. Do you hear me? (laughs) Yes, So the idea of me ever writing a book was not on my bucket list. It wasn't on a short list, a back of a list, no list whatsoever. But a few years ago, when I got uh, an iPhone, the guys were all showing me what these apps were. And they had me download one called the um, Countdown Calendar. 
And in it, you can tell how many days till Christmas or New Year's or your next birthday. But what I wanted to know was, does this thing work backwards? So I simply put in my birth date, which is a cool number, 5555. And sure enough, Eric, it popped up a number of how many days I had been alive till that moment. At that time, it was about 19,930 days. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've never seen my life in, in days like this. And I thought on the next big number, meaning 20,000, I'm going to go do something and celebrate. But I didn't know what. I didn't really have a specific plan. And the idea, it came out on a Friday. I remember waking up that morning and thinking, this is my 20,000th day. And it's not a time when you say happy birthday. There's no celebration for that. I've never heard of anybody talking their lives in thousands of days. But I went away and I didn't know right where I was going. I ended up at one of these boutique hotels uh, of the leading hotels of the world. That is literally the brand name. And I just checked in and I sat down at the desk with my computer and thought, what am I doing here? But I felt so overwhelmed with gratitude that I really had lived this long. And by the way, 20,000 days is about midway through your 54th year. And I started writing an email to Andy and Polly Andrews, just so full of gratitude that God had given me this many days. I looked up in scripture some ideas about time and how short it is, like it's a vapor, that no man knows how many days he has to live and this type of thing. And that email then was sent to him. As soon as I did, I thought of somebody else that I was so grateful that they were in my life. For the next 18 hours, Eric, I wrote individual emails customized using basically the same content of the gist of the message to 48 different of my friends. Every one of them, 100% everybody responded, amazingly moved. Some called, some wrote back amazing emails. Some said they will be reading this every day. Well, then two and a half years later, uh, my guys are wanting to create a, a, a career crash course, a video series behind the scenes of what we've done with Andy Andrews for any speaker or entertainer or author. And so in the process of putting that video together, which is not live yet, we wanted an ebook. And I thought maybe the content of this email might work. And we went and elaborated, added more to it to come up with an ebook that it, it was formatted for an ebook. Then the guys wanted some hard copies. And I went to Andy's publisher and simply asked, how much would it cost to print like 5,000 of these? When they saw the content, they loved it and offered a contract. Never have I sold a book without a proposal. Wow. That's Is that amazing. crazy? Yeah, that's crazy. But that's kind of how you've always operated, isn't it? <laughs> You're right. I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing. I cry out. If you were near me, you could hear in the valley below me, uh, late at night, me crying out to God, now what do I do? Give me my to-do list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And kind of the, the impetus or the, the one of the most potent things – it's a short read, by the way. People should definitely pick this up. It took me maybe an hour to read, maybe a little over. And yes. it is short but potent, the, just the way I like my books. It's like, a, it's like a short cup of espresso compared to like a big tall cup of coffee. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, one of the things you talk a lot about or at least initially is the, the, the thought behind it being that you're facing death basically. You're, you're, some would say it's morbid, but I think it's more about – it's meant to be freeing, right? 
Absolutely. Listen, I not morbid at all. Hey, this is one thing for certain. They say there's two things certain in life. Do you remember what they said? Death and taxes. That's it. And and they we know everybody's not shocked about the taxes. Well, maybe we are every April 15 when you look at how much you really paid. But death is for sure certain. And so uh, but I was kind of shocked, Eric, at how many people do not. I mean, how many people die that do not have a will? I mean, it's like 60 to 80 percent, depending on the category or where you are or something. But uh, more than half of the people die without a will. What is that about? Not facing the reality that it's going to happen. That's right. And something really weird happened when I was in ninth grade. In my ninth grade gym class, uh, we were outside playing basketball on a cement court. And we were only doing that half uh, court basketball. And one of my friends since second grade, Paul, Paul was running after the ball that was going out of bounds. And he accidentally tripped while he was running and literally fell so hard and hit his head that he died right there on the court. Now, ninth grade, when you got up that morning, nobody's thinking, hey, this is going to be my last day, my last morning. And I had never had a close friend die like that. So it kind of shook me. Now, I was uh, had been raised in the church, a believer. I felt like my eternity had been taken care of. I wasn't afraid, but it shocked me that it could literally be one step away from passing away. And it suddenly made it a little more intense. It wasn't a negative thing. It was almost an exciting thing to make this my best day, to say literally, I love you to everybody that matters. And then later to realize everybody matters. I think I ended up being a much better son to my parents, a much better brother to my sisters. And to this day, it has gone on for years and years. Every day, I live with that intensity, getting up with excitement, getting things done. Uh, And this is what's so masterful about what you are all about, what your website is all about, going way beyond the to-do list. And this is one of those thought processes that will take you there. Oh, definitely. I mean, you can't really get into the details of life without having your why. That's right. And that's what that's honestly what this book really made me think of again is especially what's the most important things. Yes. I went to the robertd.com. I did the calculator and figured out that as of this recording right now, I have been alive for 12,833 days or just past 35 years. Woohoo! So I'm celebrating. I'm going to celebrate. I actually then thought, hey, you know what? What's the next big number for me like yours was when you calculated? You said it was uh, 19-something and you were headed up to 20,000. And I thought to myself, well, 12's near 15. Let's go for 15 and let's decide right now what that celebration is going to be. tell me again how many days today? 12,833. That's right. Well, you got to do 13. Is that what you said? Let's do 13. All right. You want to do 13 because about every two and a half years is another thousand. I say celebrate sooner than later. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And that's why we eat dessert first. Yes. As a rule with my new friends and people out with business, we always eat dessert first. I was sharing with a friend today that one of my good friends that got married a few years ago that I I was good friends with uh, both of the couple, uh, they literally at their wedding – it was a seated dinner party after the ceremony. They literally served the wedding cake first. 
Well, I mean, that's – I mean, <laughs> at a wedding, you definitely should be doing that. But we don't think to do that to the rest of life, do we? No, we don't. Rarely do we. Because I always – mama said, you can't eat that dessert or that cookie or that piece of cake till you've eaten your broccoli, you know? I'm motivated to eat the broccoli after I have the cake. Oh, good point. <laughs> <laughs> Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, ultimately what we're talking about, because like you said, I'm talking all about on this site and the podcast about you know productivity. But mostly what I really mean by that is making the best use of the time that we have. It's a finite resource. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. Right. And some of the, you know, at least initially sobering thoughts that I had was I went and looked back and I realized, okay, I'm turning 35. My dad died of cancer when he was younger than you are now at about 52, 53. Wow. And his dad died when he was 16. Oh, no way. Yeah. So suddenly I'm like, well, I've got. I've almost got you know I I, I want to beat I want to beat them that's the challenge Absolutely. to me but if I don't then I'm going to beat them by making the most of what I've got exactly exactly so. one of the things I have found Eric is that most people overestimate where they're going to be what they're going to have accomplished say in the next five years and totally underestimate what they can do in the next fifteen minutes. Mm. Yeah. The next 15 minutes, I can concentrate then. I mean, let's say somebody's wanting to do a book, and I guarantee you there are dozens of people listening to this right now that have literally had an idea for a book. They would say, absolutely, I want to write a book, and they would tell you what it's about, but they haven't done anything about it. So in the next 15 minutes, as soon as you hear the ending of this podcast, take that next 15 minutes and take a blank sheet of paper or on your computer and write Write out 10 possible titles for your book. Write out a 250-word synopsis of your book. Give me a list of potential chapter titles for your book. In that next 15 minutes, you will have done more than you've done in the last five years thinking about your book. And that's great because then the benefit is, is that once you've started, you're halfway there, right? Starting is half finished. Uh, I had a teacher in high school tell me that after he came around, he had assigned a major term paper for us all to do. A month into it, he comes and he's standing right by my desk. You know how teachers walk around and he looks and he says, Robert, how are you doing on your term paper? And I looked up and I said, um, I, I haven't really started yet. And he says, starting is half finished. Start tonight. Oh, and I've always so remembered that on any major project. And as you know, between Andy and I, we've got lots of major projects, lots mm -hmm. of plates spinning. So I have specialized. If I've got one specialty, if I've mastered one thing, it's 15-minute chunks of time. Yeah, and you can do so much in 15 minutes. People don't realize in the perspective of time how valuable just hitting something and, and doing something, taking action – for 15 minutes can be. Absolutely. And nowadays you can, you can be productive on your cell phone with notepads, everything. Now you can even talk to your cell phone and it will type it out. There's just nothing, no time anywhere, anytime that you can't be accomplishing something and moving in a direction that you want to go. Yeah. And sometimes we don't feel like we can. We don't feel motivated. But this ties into the, what you call the myth of motivation. 
Absolutely. I mean, we're always waiting for that feeling. We're always waiting. Well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel good. Well, I don't know what to do. You ever heard all that kind of stuff? I've said it myself. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But the idea, a little glimpse, when I was in college, I majored in psychology and William James, we were taught, was the father of our modern day psychology. And he said back in the early 1900s that we do not sing because we are happy. We are happy because we sing. Therefore, when you say, I don't feel like it, if you start singing one of your favorite songs and you dance uh, like there's no tomorrow in front of the mirror, if you start acting like you want to feel, Eric, it will make you upset because you will start feeling that good. And a lot of people feel so bad, they want to stay bad. I don't want to live that way if it's my last day. I want to be maximum productive. I want to feel my best. I want to feel excited. And I want to convey that with my friends. I don't want sad people around me. Do you? No, never. Then this is the way you can play or be the Pied Piper that you can create the music, you can create the excitement with your spouse, with your kids, with your cohorts. Anybody is going to return the smile if you smile at them first. So act happy all the time and people will wonder what you're up to. Oh, and, and some people would say that that's called faking it till you make it. But I think it's more along the lines of what Dave Ramsey talks about when he says – you know, if you want to be rich, you got to act like rich people. It's it's not faking it. It's doing the real actionable work, and then you become that thing. Absolutely. Would you call right? Let's say you want to be a writer. Would you call faking it if you start a blog? No, you started a blog. Now you got to make it better. You got to increase uh, the readers. You've got lots of little things to do, but you started. So everybody was a nobody till they started doing something. Now we consider them somebody because of what they've done. It's just that they've been doing it for a long time. Absolutely. And they've mastered their craft. And mostly, it was easy to master it because they loved what they were doing. Yes. And that helps. But sometimes, you know, you've got to do the action because the emotions will follow your actions. Absolutely. So sing, sing, sing. All right, I will. (laughs) <laughs> but just not right now. We're going to talk first. But okay. uh, yeah. And I think this ties in too with people. One of the other things I hear when people talk about not actually taking action and not deciding is they don't just feel unmotivated. They feel overwhelmed. And it's really that the emotions – like overwhelmed is really just having emotions that come from having the wrong perspective, right? Or no perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, being overwhelmed, it, it, whenever you feel that way, I, I love to write meaning notes. I love to have a notepad in front of me at any time. What are you feeling overwhelmed about? What will have to happen for you not to feel overwhelmed? If you could do one thing right now to eliminate that feeling, what would it be? What has to happen for you not to feel that way? There's, all, there's an answer to everything, even when you don't know the answer. If you did know the answer, what would you say? There's always an opinion. Give me yours. Are you really asking me for mine right now, or are you just <laughs> saying it in general? <laughs> that's, that's, that's self-talk, what yeah. you should be telling yourself. It, even when you don't know the answer, well, give me your opinion. Yeah. yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Or what in the past has worked in similar situations. Absolutely. How can There's we study tons, that? 
tons of references of testimonials of what has worked with other people. Nowadays, you can Google anything. That can be your psychologist, your research, your library. The answers are all there if you ask the right questions. Now, I never know what to ask, but you can always just start typing in keywords and you can change the order of those words and it will bring up tons more sites. You will never get done looking up information. We have the wealth of the total knowledge of the world so far to the state in our pockets if we have a That's right. smartphone. That's right. Literally in your access in your pocket. That's crazy. So, uh, yeah. It, it, but I think the key point you just said was that it, it is definitely self-talk because that's the thing is even if we have all that knowledge in our pocket, we still have to talk to ourselves or to God or to our team members about what it is that is the next step. Exactly. Or what, right. what, Or as you put it, when you decide your very, very simple to-do list, what's important now And what's important next? Those are the only two questions. Do you realize that's why I've never finished with Andy Andrews? I'm still going because we haven't completely, apparently, answered either one of those questions. So what's important now when you don't know what to do? Just tell me what's important right now and then what's next. Those two things will keep the to-do list from never ending. Because there's always something that's new that's important now, and there's (laughs) always stuff that's coming down the pike that's the next. That's right. Every 15 minutes, you've got new information, new set of facts, new things have happened. Somebody called, somebody emailed you, somebody dropped by. There's something new that now you're dealing with, processing, and that's why there's always a solution to the question you're asking. Yeah. Then another one of the things that I know people get stuck on is fear of failure or the fear of rejection. (laughs) Yes. You talk about this in the book, which is great. Uh, Absolutely. One of the things that was, uh, uh, that people are afraid of, because if you've got a book, if you want to, if you think you're supposed to be a speaker, if you want to do whatever it is, and let's say if you want more money, it does, if you want a better marriage, whatever it is, there's this little bit of fear factor. Am I up to it? Am I going to be successful? What are people going to be thinking of me? So uh, back in 1975, that summer, I was in college and I got a job with the Southwestern Publishing Company. They are a door-to-door sales. They've been going for over 100 years, and they take college students and train them and then send them out all over the nation. I believe now it's all over the world, knocking on doors. It is the toughest form of selling there is. But the principles you learn are amazing and have lasted for me a lifetime. One of the things they told us to do was simply to share the books Show what we had to 30 people a day. And if you do that, they said, Robert, you will be successful. There will be people that buy. So going out, knocking on that first door was kind of nerve wracking, but I knew my name and I knew exactly how to introduce myself and at least try to get into the door. So as I did that, I realized not everybody's going to buy, that most of the people are going to say no. So what I started looking for, Eric, was literally people telling me no. My goal was to find 30 people a day that did not want to buy my books. And there were times I'd just play the game. Mrs. Jones, you're not interested in literally buying these books, are you? And she'd say, no, thank you. No, at that point when people were told no, they would be sad. But I was glad because I I was filling up my page with all the no's. Do you know there was not one day 
in the summer when I did 30 that I got 30 no's. I never got 30 no's in a row. Some knucklehead always said yes. <laughs> I applied this same principle when I started booking Andy as a comedian in the college market. Had no clue. Now, you got to remember, this was over 30 years ago. No cell phones, no computers. Most of the people listening right now can't even comprehend that. So I was on the phone calling, and I said to myself, I'm going to look for 30 colleges that do not want a comedian. Again, I never once succeeded in 12 months of doing this, but in the process, I found enough yeses that Andy Andrews, out of 1,200 colleges, voted him as Comedian of the Year not once but twice, two years in a row, and Entertainer of the Year in the college market back in the early 80s, all because I failed at finding 30 schools a day that did not want a comedian. And you wouldn't even call that a failure, would you? You, no. you? you were going after, you were intentionally going after those no's. I was intentional going after it. And the same principle, as you know, applied when I started uh, over 10 years ago pitching the idea or the proposal, the book proposal for Andy's book, his first novel, The Traveler's Gift. And I did reach, now I was successful, Eric, in this one area, that I did find 30 publishers that did not want that book. I was <laughs> kind of shocked. Oh, my gosh, I reached my goal. I've never found 30 no's in a row. I was blown away. So I thought, well, in this case, we're going to play the game again. Do you know I found another 21 in a row? We came up with 51 publishers that did not want that book. But, Eric, 10 years ago, it did get published and it hit New York Times. It was showcased on Good Morning America with Robin Roberts and Diane Sawyer. And at that time, Charlie Gibson, all holding the book up. And in four minutes, they convinced America to go buy this book. Nelson had 40,000 copies in the bookstores. They were sucked out of the bookstores by that afternoon. Nelson started printing 20,000 books a week. For 17 weeks, it stayed on New York Times. It's now in over 25 different languages. They tell me about every 17 seconds, another book is sold by Andy Andrews somewhere in the world 24-7. Now, what would have happened if I'd stopped at number 30 or number 50? We wouldn't have that book in our hands. That's right. Oh. And it's such is a that good, not now, crazy? Which, which book are we talking about specifically? Because I've read that, a couple of them. The, the, that was The Traveler's Gift. Oh, so that's and that's probably a great place to start for people who haven't read any of Andy Andrews' books, yes. which I highly, highly recommend. That's right. It's a killer book. You will not forget it once you read it. Yes. It sounds to me like you're talking a lot about what uh, a recent quote that I read that is honestly it's debatable because it doesn't matter what the real number is. But Thomas Edison said – I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. That's right. On the light bulb. Yes. That's right. That's a killer. That's a, that's a great concept. And if you can apply this concept in your life, you will be shocked at what successes that you start running into. It'll look like you've got magic fingers, like everything you touch turns to gold. I don't see that about myself at all, although what we keep turning out is amazing, but Eric, behind the scenes, we keep getting told no. <laughs> I get tickled at that. So that's why I wrote, I eat no's for breakfast. Tell me no and I get fired up. I get excited. Uh, I got to believe that it's, the, it's your perspective. It's almost as if, you know, what would be rejection to some people, you just, you have a, you've got an inoculation to rejection. 
That's it. You, that's you, great. It doesn't do a thing to you. You've already had it. You've totally had chicken pox. Doesn't yeah. you're immune now. <laughs> so you've you've defeated fear in of rejection in that way, which is awesome. Yeah. And, and you're so you're eating dessert first. You're eating nose for breakfast. I gotta ask something that I ask all my guests, which is in an ideal world, which I think you probably live mostly in. How do you start your day? Oh well, every day I do work out. Uh, so I've got a workout uh, room in my house, and I love that. I play intense, crazy music. I've got a list of songs on my iPod that I've played over a hundred times. So it's my top one hundred list. That doesn't mean there's a hundred songs. There's more than a hundred songs, but that I've played them on the iPod for over a hundred times each. Can you imagine? But I get so fired up and I love positive reading. And the scripture is obviously the foundation for everything we do. There are biblical principles throughout Andy's material and mine, because we know, Eric, that 200 years from now, those principles will still apply and be true. And that's the kind of content Andy and I like to turn out are things that literally from generations to come will still be worthwhile. So you got to exercise, you got to eat properly, and mostly beyond the physical, you got to take care of your mind and your spirit. Yeah. What, what's the next step? Like once you've done your workout and you've you've spent your time doing your Bible reading and you're you've maybe eaten you've eaten your nose for breakfast, <laughs> and then you're de- in your dessert first. Like how do you jump into your work day? Well, I think I, you know what I've got an iPhone uh, literally by my bed. I get so excited to have to see who has emailed me while I was sleeping, so I kind of glance at some of that. Uh, and I've got easy access to all my workspace, computers and all. So I think I plug in pretty early, but only out of excitement, not mm. out of necessity. I'm just eager to see what is happening now because we've got so many different plates spinning and so many different people working on them. I really can't wait to see what's going on. Some people might say I'm a workaholic, but I don't feel that at all. It's kind of like when you go to, say, uh, Santa Barbara and you are on the ocean and you have breakfast right there on the ocean one morning and you look out and, Eric, we see all these surfers out there. We think, wow, look at those guys surfing. Now we go play all day and you and I go back to the restaurant for dinner and we look out and we see a lot of those same surfers. We're thinking, would you say, oh, those poor guys had to surf all day? No. You'd be excited, like, God, I got to do that all day. That's what I feel like. I get to do this all day. Yeah. So I think when you're in, when you find your passion, when you feel like if this was going to be your last day, what would you be doing? Would you be writing? Would you be singing another song? What would you want to leave? What, what's your legacy? What can you do that's going to last 200 years from now? What do you want to say to the people closest to you? There is an excitement. There is motivation. There's all the things you think that's wrong in your life. Suddenly, you don't have time to look at what's wrong because you're so busy touching other people's lives that that's your number one mission every moment all day long. Oh, yeah. It's not that you have to. It's that you get to. I get to. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. One last kind of question I want to talk about, which kind of ropes into – the to-do list kind of in a way where you decide what's important now and then what's important next is this idea of there's really only two choices in life. <laughs> the only two, uh, it's very easy. Yes. It's either yes or no. 
<laughs> I mean, people say, well, I don't know what to do. That th- just I'll so be much. honest. That threw me. When I first read it, I thought, wait, am I, I'm missing it. What is this? <laughs> well, let's say the phone rings. Now you got a choice to make. Do you answer the phone or not answer the phone? See, it's a yes or a no. Uh, if you're offered to go on a, a, a date, you either accept or you say no. If you get a wedding invitation, you either say yes, I'm going, or no, I'm not. All day long. You can break your life down into those two choices. I'm either going to work today, that's a yes, or I'm not, that's a no. And then you got to decide what's your backup. (laughs) What are you doing? So those two choices, when you break it down that easy, don't make this thing called life so complicated. Break it down as if it you did know what you were doing. And if you only have decisions to make that affect today, make them outstanding. Oh, the, okay. Perfect place to end. Hey, I do want to tell you one other thing at therobertd.com. They can go and download a free ebook. Eric, I'm not sure if you've even got this, the battle tested branding. It's the secrets behind the scenes of what's kept Andy's career going for three decades and what we're using to ramp up this Robert D thing and 20,000 days and counting. I love it. Yeah, I've grabbed it. It's definitely worth a read. I downloaded it and threw it right on my iPad and it was perfect reading for that. So good, good, good. And you can even count your days there at the robertd.com. You can plug your your, uh, birth date in and get your number. Absolutely. You can do that right now. And it was an honor to talk to you. I'm so proud of all you're doing, and thank you for stepping out like you do. Oh, thank you so much, Robert. Glad to have you on the show. All right. Talk to you later, Eric. See ya. Now, was that not a great episode? I told you it was. Anyway, don't forget, I am giving away three signed copies of Robert D.'s book, 20,000 Days and Counting, to three people who go to Beyond the To-Do List, dot com slash 34 and retweet the embedded tweet that is there that's all you have to do to enter i will after this show has been out for a week go and select three people i will then also tweet out hey i've given those out and so you can feel free to go grab the book if you didn't win it you really ought to grab this book it is so worth reading again if you've had an awesome experience from this episode go to beyond the to-do list.com slash itunes let us know writing a couple words clicking five stars or whatever to let us know how you've appreciated this show and what it's done for you thanks and we'll see you next time Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. Find more great podcasts like How to Podcast, Clean Comedy, Once Upon a Time, Christian Worldview, and more at noodle.mx. Think, laugh, and succeed by subscribing to our podcasts at noodle.mx.